Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Married at First Sight, Season 15, Episode 13 Recap. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just getting ready to go back to Houston after three months of being in Virginia. I know. I want to say you're leaving me, but that doesn't really count. (laughs) Because we're going to BravoCon. (laughs) Well, not really, because I feel like I actually saw you a good amount this visit. Would you say that? No? I think we saw each other a good amount. I'm just like, three months of visit? It feels like a lifetime. I know. know. Yeah, my short-term assignment is over. It was wonderful. But now I get to go back home. No more hotel living. I'm so excited. (laughs) the highlight of my week you guys know that i watch big brother is we finally crowned the first black woman winner in 24 seasons that was very exciting for me that is very exciting when you said it though the first thought i had was of danielle who was on like what season three yes who should have been the first black woman winner of big brother absolutely absolutely speaking of i started rewatching that today <laughs> just That's to torture to watch <laughs> well it's in between sometimes i'm in meetings and i zone out and then it's just there it's in between so i might not finish i might start who knows um i might complete it i mean but i started it it is what it is but it was very exciting because for those who watched, she went through a lot they targeted her they were very mean to her the same microaggressions they always have but she pulled through, and what makes it so exciting is we got our first Black winner last season, and then now we have back-to-back Black winners, and the final two people were Black people. So all around, it was a good turnaround for a season where I was going to stop watching because I could not take the bullying of the dark-skinned Black girls. So yay, Taylor. Anything else exciting happened this week? I mean, I unpacked. I got to see you. Oh, I consider it exciting. I'm honored. yeah i was very um i was very impressed with your level of unpacking considering (laughs) you lived there for a whole solid four days when i had seen the place i'd never make that my projects in four days that is all completely on my husband that to me (laughs) i would be on the bed binging something but he was really gung-ho about it so your new place is beautiful thank you appreciate it you know my thoughts at first so i'm glad i came around and you talk some sense into me. <laughs> I didn't even know I had that ability. <laughs> Honored. Someone needs to talk some sense in the people on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's impossible. We wouldn't have a show if they had sense. So anyways, so do we have any housekeeping for the people? You guys, this week we posted after the altar on Patreon, uh, season two of Love is Blind post show special. It's on Netflix. Um, last week we had 90 Day Fiance, what were our thoughts on the season so far, and then next week we get to what is my favorite, Sister Wives. (laughs) Your excitement for Sister Wives never, (laughs) never fails to keep me in awe, but it helps me because I'm struggling, but it helps me, so. (laughs) But speaking of After the Altar, um, we already put out the episode and then I saw that Shane 
is choosing violence on his page. I think it was a couple of days ago. And he's like, he's going to go live. He's going to have receipts. And he didn't ask me anything. And people were asking questions. And he went off on Dipti. He's like, you know, Dipti is... I don't know, I guess spreading rumors. And then he even went off on Ayana because he was like, he posted a video of her. You were not wrong on a podcast talking about whatever else they were talking about. And he's like, and she said, I, I, she sensed it or something, I guess referring to him. And he's like, probably if she had sensed more about her marriage, then (laughs) she would notice more or something like that. And then talking about Kyle, talking about, I don't know, everyone. He was just, and then most of his answers were like, you have to wait till my live. You have to wait till my live. And some people got pissed and were like, why do you do ask me anything if your answer is going to be, <laughs> you have to go in my life. And he said he's considering getting a lie detector test done. I'm like, oh, these people are embarrassing. They embarrass. The thing is, I feel like every time on Reddit, Going back to when the show first aired, Shane would do the whole going on Instagram, posting screenshots. I think he's done and asked me anything before. Like, it's very repetitive. Uh, um, I have receipts. It's a lot. It's a lot. Say what you have to say. Well, these people are odd. Okay. Their time has come and gone. They should just make peace with it. I don't understand. Anyway, yes, you're correct. Move on. So, Tane, what's going on with everybody else in Mapsland? Well, in Mapsland, it's anniversary time. And this time, Jamie and Doug are celebrating 8.5 years. Yes, I'm not saying the wrong thing. 8.5 years. Jamie made it a point to let us know the point five is something she celebrates, I guess. But either way, you know what? Kudos to these people. They're like closer to 10 years. Who would have ever thought? Good for them. But I would like to explain to Jamie the root words of the word anniversary. It starts with Annie. Annie stands for annual, which means once a year. There's no such thing as an eight and a half anniversary. But move on. Um, of course, I mean, you know, they're back in Florida. I think Sarasota is exactly where they are. And they're, they were preparing for the storm and she documented every single step of the way. And she's just been making it a thing. And I don't even know if it hit them or if they just got heavy rain, but either way, hope everyone out there in Florida who's in the eye of the storm is doing well. Um, my heart is with the people in Cuba because, I mean, as you know, just came back from there and all the people there lost uh, power. Every single person in the country. That's wild. It's very sad. Um, Rachel from Houston was in our neck of the woods in the DMV, specifically in Baltimore. She had a bucket list where she wanted to go see a baseball game solo and I remember she posted something like that and was wondering where should she go to? And it looks like she ended up in Baltimore. And, you know, I just like seeing Rachel live her best life. And if you remember in the season, she was a huge fan of baseball. And I just like the fact that she's living her life and it's not like dependent on like, oh, I have to have a man to do this or I have to go with someone. She just went solo because it's something she likes and something she enjoys. And she went ahead and did it. So good for Rachel. Good for Rachel. Um, we had a listener, hi Lorraine, send us a message because Kinetic posted something. They are looking for experts. 
She actually recommended that we go on and I told her we'll let her know. <laughs> but we don't know if it's for maths or if it's for a completely different show. You know, I don't know what the topic is. I'm not an expert in anything. <laughs> I'm not going on TV to say I'm an expert in anything. I think I might be an expert in libraries. That's about it. No, I'll go on to be an expert because it's not like being like accurate 100%. None of those experts are experts as we saw on this episode, but we'll talk about it. But I think my guess would be that it's for another show because I think just as reality shows came up one day and just took over TV, I think dating reality shows are the next big wave. Like they're everywhere. And I think Kinetic is looking to cash in on that. And there's going to be a lot more. I saw another um, ad for another show on their page today. I forget what it was about, but I know it was like some dating show. Oh, if you're looking for someone on an island or in an exotic place or something like that. So maybe they're looking to incorporate experts or something. But as far as I know, maps are the only people who have experts, counselors on site. So the rest of them, they just leave to flail. Just do whatever you got to do. Okay, guys, I promised, if you remember, I would never, ever, ever speculate about Karen and Miles' relationship again. But this week, Mavs fan, Mavs fan, shout out, spoke about it and put a post on there because she's been getting a lot of questions about whether they're still together. And she did say it's not looking good. But the thing is, you can never count Karen and Miles out. All signs point to it's not looking good, but this is what happens all the time. And every time, then they come out like, surprise, bitches, we're still together. So I'm not <laughs> going to say anything. The last time, you know, they were still promoting their trip, which is the New Year's Eve trip um, in Dubai. I haven't seen that in a while. They haven't, you know, posted about each other or posted together in a while. She did not wish him happy birthday. I think when I saw it was his birthday. I even went to go check, did she say anything about it? But like I promised, I was like, I'm not going to talk about it. So I never spoke about it. But I mean, someone pointed out in the comments that Shanice and Jeffy don't follow each other. So maybe they just made like a an agreement, like we're just not going to say anything on social media. But that's a little extreme. But I guess I broke my promise and I spoke about them. But I'm not speculating. I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. And time will tell and we'll find out if they're together or not. Either way. I just hope that they're happy. That's all. Same. I had a lot of fun um, in the past week because a friend of mine started watching season 11 and she was texting me and leaving me voice notes about it. And well, I couldn't wait till we get to the end. And I'm like, what are you about? He's still together. And guess what? So are Karen and Miles. And then I saw that mass fan post and I was like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, really random virginia from atlanta she just put a post or a story just saying i hate delta that is all i'm like isn't that clara's employer <laughs> oh no clara quit being um oh i didn't know that so what does she do now i don't know i don't know she said what she was doing but i can't remember what it was um it's interesting because i was like wait does eric work for delta oh that's true because he started a commercial and he's living in Atlanta, so I don't know. But I think he works for American. Anyway, he actually did a post this week about him and his dad flying together that I thought was really interesting. Um, it, it was, was just, just nice. Like, his dad is basically winding down his career, and they figured out a way to where they he should be able to do his dad's retirement flight with him, and it's very special to him, and I liked it. Yeah, it was nice. I think Vince reposted and was like, he hopes to share the, have the same relationship with his kid, too. 
So it was cute. And finally, it looks like Mark the Shark started a new job as a barista in Starbucks. And if you hear surprise in my voice, it's because I just thought Mark the Shark um, apparel, like the clothes and everything was doing so well that I didn't think he had to have like another job, but I guess not. But yeah, he posted a picture of himself in the apron with a coworker and said first week of training going well and a thumbs up. He did a post where he talked about how he was done at Chick-fil-A. I guess in my perspective, I'm just like, why would you, uh, what's the difference between Chick-fil-A and being a barista? But who knows? Good for him. Starbucks has good benefits. Oh, Very good benefits. That. Someone should tell that to the Starbucks over here that closes at three o'clock in the afternoon. And half the time is not open in the morning. Um, <laughs> but anyways. Okay. That's all I got. Are you ready for this week's episode? I am. What do you think oh. of the episode? I liked it. I don't think it really picked up up until the end. I think I was having very minor compared to this same time in other seasons where I'm like, all right, I'm getting, you know, a little tired of this, but it picked up at the end. And I think it made up for the rest of the episode, but it was good. And then we got to meet Devon. I've been waiting to meet him. So it was exciting. I felt like, I don't know. This is, this is a good season of maths. There's a lot going on and people are, are really being very interesting. And I will say I had a spoiler because um, I, I was just reading the description of Ma- the episode and then I read the description of After Party and then I was like, oh, that's a spoiler for the episode. Thanks. What was the spoiler? It said Morgan and Ben, uh, thoughts on Morgan and Ben calling it quits. And I was like, okay, oh. well, now I know that Morgan and Ben are going to call it quits this episode. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. All right. Get into it. So something that occurred to me, I think I'm confused every time that they show the preview for the episode that I'm actually about to watch, but I guess they're like, wait, we got to show people that there's going to be excitement. So they stick with it to the end. Yeah. I'm like, but I've committed to watch. You don't have to convince me, but I guess I'm not everybody. Well, you know how we're saying that this is a really good season. Like I'm still surprised when I see some people who just say that this show is trash. Now this season is trash and this season is weird. There's something about this season. I think even Woody had a tweet that was like, this cast, man. And then I think he put the clown emoji. So, <laughs> I mean, there are some clowns. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, they're just people who don't see it the same way. And they need convincing. Oh, okay. I mean, we have, for everybody's information, we have four episodes to go. And then probably two tell-alls after that. So, I'm like, we could at least wait till the end until we judge the whole season. I mean, you can you can make up your mind now. I mean, four, it's not going to be much. True, but to me, this has been a good season of maths. Um, okay, so we start this episode with McGindy going back to the box. <laughs> <laughs> and they put him outside the door, and I was like, uh, he's like Moses, just going to leave him to float down the river. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, it's a inanimate object it can really just go back in the box i'm um, glad that he left because when we started the episode i was like mcgindy's still here and then when i saw it was leaving i was like oh okay good they didn't want mcgindy to go without us getting to say goodbye and <laughs> um, saucy and nate are doing face masks were you scared Tane? no i wasn't <laughs> um lindy so this episode a few people met up with their with someone in their 
spouse's life. So Kristen is meeting up with Stephanie, Mitch's sister-in-law. Kristen says that she really gelled with Stephanie, that they're really cool. But And then they, when they sit down, she says, oh, we've only really hung out with the boys. This is like our first time hanging out by themselves. They start with Kristen. Kristen lies like a mofo. Oh. Because she's, she always, you know, we've been over this. She starts yeah. every interaction saying how wonderful things are before correcting herself through yeah. information. Yeah. So she starts here telling Stephanie this is the best spot they've ever been in. But she struggles with his contrarianism. And the sister-in-law says, yeah, you know, me and Mitch, we used to like get into it. Because, and it, she's like, it wasn't necessarily what he was saying. It was also just the way he said it. And she explains that, I was wondering what these arguments were about. Because I'm so dumb that I was like, oh, I mean, I wonder what they could argue about. Like, their family, there's so many issues. No, it's the environmental stuff. Because she's like, yeah, I mean, we use the pouches. I think she means they don't use Ziplocs. They use those reusable pouches. But we still use diapers. I'm like, this man don't have no children. What right did he have to ever tell you that you shouldn't use diapers? That's so obnoxious. Like, do you just feel like you have a say? Like, again, didn't he le- live in, like, their house in a time, like, where he needed... Like, boy? <laughs> he was their nanny. <sighs> I wonder if he was their nanny and he was... Insist- like, this is the thing about Mitch. I doubt he knew where to go find some cloth diapers. So he probably had to use their diapers. But the whole time he's probably telling you, you know how bad this environment this is so terrible for me. I can't believe you guys use diapers. And this woman's probably like... Man, I pay you to look care, take care of my kids. Like, please leave me alone about diapers. <laughs> she says he has a tendency to make people feel bad, but he's not, and he's but he is good about presenting the why. Kristen says it helps that Stephanie notices it too, and that they were able to work through it. And I'm thinking the level of work through it that you need to have with your your brother-in-law is very different than the one you need to have with your spouse. Yeah. It's like Kristen when you said she. It's like when you have a kid and you can give the kid back. You're not the parent. It's like part time, so it's not the same at all. So Kristen says she wants to be a good co-pilot, but she needs more information about Mitch. Um, sister-in-law recommends being honest and that you know you have to decide what you can't bend on, and she wants Kristen to happy, be happy, and she wants Mitch to be happy. And she tells her to don't delay in saying what you want. I, with that whole, I want you to be happy and I want him to be happy. I felt like she was warning Kristen off in the mildest possible way. I mean, she was choosing her words carefully. We've seen the sister-in-law before. And she was open and we knew where she, during the brunch after the wedding. And I was like, do you even like Mitch? So, <laughs> so you could tell that she was just trying to be like, girl, run. Without saying, girl, run. It made me think, like, what if you have a family member who you actually believe is undateable or unmarriable? I mean, I think you can think it, but you shouldn't say it. Oh, boy. Right. You can never say it. Yeah. So that's what she did in in zero words. (laughs) But I wondered if she believed that, (laughs) based even on her limited words. That's the funny part. I don't think Mitch is unmarriable since he's decided to live his life based on one platform. He just needs to find someone on the same platform. That's it. Then he'll find out that there are other things to life besides that since he wants to make that his personality. So it's not impossible. I don't agree with that. 
I don't think it's just the one thing. I think he's a normal human who has a lot of other things in addition to that. And this one thing is actually a pretty, pretty out there, pretty bad thing. Yes, but he's decided that, or he thinks that that is going to be the one thing that solves anything. Because I think further down the episode, an expert told him that you're going to, you could find someone who shares that, but then you find out that there are other things. But I think he's being very tunnel vision, thinking that this is a big thing and is the only thing that will cause more peace to his marriage if this was solved. Like, I'm agreeing with you, but I don't think Mitch sees that view, that there's more beyond the environmentalism. <laughs> You're right. He doesn't see further than that. He's a very, uh, we'll get to plenty of Mitch later. So McGindy's grown-ups are going axe-throwing. Sorry, um, before you go into Lindy and McGindy, can I say that this season feels like this is, they had the most outside influence like, almost every episode had some friend or family or something involved. Is it just me? No. I mean, well, in my opinion, they always have had the friend-family conversations. I don't think there's any more this season than normal. The, oh, that's but what I... But I haven't account. Oh, I think there's more. I feel like then we could have episodes, but even, like, with the group and the couples meeting up with each other, I think there's not... Sometimes we could go like a season where one or two few episodes where it's just them, but this season, every single ep episode has interaction that's outside the couple. And I feel it's like way too much outside influence. I think there's too many. I think there's more group meetups this season than normal. Which, yes, I don't think it's very good. Actually, it makes for... As Ali said, it makes for great TV. It's not great for the relationships. Um, I'm unsure if I hate Mindy's outfit. I'm sorry. I'm unsure if I hate Lindy's outfit at axe throwing. But I'm not unsure. I do hate it. It was not a good fashion choice. Okay. Um, Miguel is not doing great at the axe throwing. He says he can't be a man if he can't throw an axe. Um, I thought it was going to descend into him getting egotistical about it, but it's Miguel. It didn't. Um, I thought it was hilarious. They played It's Going to Be a Knockout. That song is like a maths anthem, and they just put it in there as background music. <laughs> um, she At one point, Lindy called the, like a tiny blue dot, and then she threw that axe and hit it dead on. It was amazing. It was. Um, but yeah, Miguel is really not a sore loser. But I'm not giving him credit for not being a sore loser. I'm just noticing it. Um <laughs> But he does go, like, I swear, the show makes people be so philosophical. He's like, oh, but the way I see it, if your life is good, my life is good. I'm like, Jesus, it's just axe throwing, please. <laughs> um, they sit down and Lindy says they're growing closer, but as quickly as we connected, she just has feelings and she's afraid and she's afraid irrationally something might happen. And she said it would be surprising if there was an explosion. It it wouldn't be surprising if there was an explosion. There's not off the table. Miguel says, as romantic as he is, he just can't say forever. He's like, what if we wake up in a loveless marriage? And Lindy says, we can work on it. And Lindy says, you're stressing me out. And he's spinning her out. And Lindy says that she internalizes it, that if she's not catering to him, then he's out. And it sounds like a threat. And Miguel says, this will probably piss you off even more. But that's the reality of it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, I was not feeling Miguel in this conversation. Really? I, I feel like how much, because this is not the first time he said it. 
and it's true for every single relationship, but it's not good for your relationship to talk all the time about how, you know, things might be bad and we might break up one day. I get it, but the way I see it, Lindy brings it up and then she doesn't like his answer. And he doesn't have to censor himself because just as much as he knows that she's going to spiral, she knows that he's going to tell the truth and she's not going to like what he says. So when she was like, I... I don't like what you're saying. You're taking this way too far. I'm like, you're the one who brought it up. Lindy's always talking about their conflict and how far it is. And then it always leads to Miguel talking about the reality is like, what if it doesn't? But it is true. If you're in a relationship, it's only two ways it could end. Either it ends or you stay together. So I didn't think he was saying anything that was so ridiculous because it's the reality. Like, I'm not hoping that we break up but there's a chance that we might just fall out of love with each other. I just, I don't know. I didn't think it was bad. I did. So, so in keeping with the theme of meeting with a friend, maybe of the opposite sex, um, Justin meets up with Will's friend. I'm sorry. Justin meets up with Alexis's friend, Will. So Justin does a, what I'm going to call, does a Kristen. He's like, oh, it's really, really good. Oh, but it's really (laughs) hard. Okay. (laughs) Um, He, Justin talks about the sacrifice of giving up Maya and says he didn't have to. And I was like, oh, God, this is not like a good attitude to have. Like, are you going to hold the giving up the dog thing over Alexis's head as if it's something that she did to you or made you sacrifice? Hmm. But Will says that Alexis should that she has to see that he's done this sacrifice. And then Justin says that he hasn't been perfect either. And he says, you know, I could be like, I won't curse. But then we get into a fight and sometimes I will. And I would like to refer back to the matchmaking special. Because <laughs> there was a moment in the matchmaking special where Justin sits down with Pastor Cal and says, you know, when we get into fights, we just need to sit down and talk about it. And I don't really get like rude or da 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 And I remember thinking they're going to catch this man. And this was the moment where I was like, yep, yeah, they caught him. I remember you saying that, actually. (laughs) He says um, that he doesn't want to argue in front of his kids, which I thought was interesting. It's a wrong tack to take, in my opinion. Yep, got to teach your kids how to fight. And I will say, I grew up with my parents arguing in front of me. But apparently that teaches you good conflict resolution. (laughs) Or it actually teaches you that people can argue and it doesn't mean someone's going to like leave or that the relationship is over. You can just argue it out and move on. And I think that is the lesson that I got out of watching my parents fight. Yeah, you just have to argue respectfully because that is a possible thing. And it's funny, for those who watch Southern Charm, they have a new Black cast member, Vanita, and she had a conversation with her mom because she told her mom, I don't know how, I'm not good at conflict resolution because you did not teach me, you guys never fought. You just brushed everything under the rug and tried to hide it from me. And now I don't know how to fight <laughs> pretty much so it's, it's so skill, funny <laughs> i like will will says that he can't imagine getting married this way and that the time and the pressure and the fear and the pressure make everything bad even worse their food looked really good side note um <laughs> will says that they're both scared but that justin is everything alexis has ever wanted in a man and he's very kind. And Justin says he definitely gives her that. <laughs> Justin says he knows if he knew that Alexis was in it, then he'd be in it too. 
if he sees signs that she that she isn't in it, it makes him scared. And his biggest fear is her quitting, and he's traumatized from women quitting on him. Any thoughts on Will and Justin? No, not really. So next we see people getting ready. Stasha is getting is ready, and Nate says he still looks dusty. Made me laugh because on the honeymoon he was talking about how she takes forever to get ready, and I was like, well, what happened here? And finally, the moment is here for Tane. Devon Franklin, aka Megan Good's ex-husband, is here <laughs> to offer advice. Um, Kristen says Kristen must have really figured out a really good selfie cam angle in the bathroom because they have shown her multiple times getting ready to do things with the same angle. <laughs> She's like figured out the spot where to put the selfie cam. <laughs> but before we get to Megan Good's ex-husband, Kristen <laughs> and Mitch have their sit down with Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is like, the purpose of this sit down is that we can work through issues. So if there's anything you want to bring up, let's bring it up. And Kristen is like, I have a few. She thinks it's wonderful that Mitch is an advocate the envir- for the environment. I wonder if she actually does think it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> and that he's educated her, but she wants to make sure they're comfortable. And, you know, she's found herself feeling guilty for iced lattes. <laughs> and I'm sure the whole of us was like, well, iced lattes, what do I have to do? with?" And then we find out that sometimes she might leave her reusable cup at home and then she has to go get the plastic cup from wherever for the ice latte and i was like girl you need to leave right now because <laughs> mitch's response is so annoying he's like well you forgetting your cup is not going to break the marriage i don't know if that's true but it would mean a lot to see that you're showing up in a way that makes me proud to have you beside me huh <sighs> mitch 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 I just, Mitch does not, you know, besides the tunnel vision on the environment, Mitch needs a class on social cues. Like he just thinks he's the only one in the world and he just throws out words and doesn't realize that these words are about, are about another human being that have, that has feelings. And your word choice is key. Mm. I'm not going to be proud to have you as my wife if you forget your cup for your iced latte. I mean, I have you and you had like a dumpster fire of an apartment at 41 years old. You couldn't clean. She never said anything about being proud or not. So who are you, Mitch? Who who is you? (laughs) So then they move on to flipping houses. (laughs) I found it interesting that Dr. Pepper asked Mitch what the problem was with the flipping houses. And he said, there's a big intersection between environmentalism, social justice, class, urbanism. And I think he probably said it, but they cut it out. But the missing word from all of that is racism. (laughs) And I'm actually going to have faith in Mitch. I 100% believe he said it and they cut it out. Um, So he starts talking about, and let's be clear here, nothing Mitch is saying is a lie. When you go and flip a house, he's like, you take a house, working families can't afford it. And he acknowledges that like, you're not supposed to put societal issues on one person to solve, but there's a dark side to everything we do. (laughs) And, but I think that the, like the part that I, who wants to live with a person who wants to see the dark side in everything that we do? It's like, yes, you are 
you're conscious and that is a good thing. But Mitch is too conscious because if you're overly conscious, you don't get to enjoy life Mm -hmm. because you're so focused on the unfairness of it all. Yeah, he's a fanatic at this point. So, And that's basically what Kristen said. Because she said when she meets someone, she values all these things about them. And that his contrarian, like his sort of ability to only look for bad things affects her. Um, And she says maybe she's looking for help from Dr. Pepper to make sure she can be the person who can be there for you. She knows she wants to. And I was like, are you trying to talk yourself into being with this man? Yep. So... Dr. Pepper, Mitch says that maybe Kristen could find somebody who didn't have all of this stuff. And the flip side of that is, yeah, but, you know, if it wasn't this, it would be something else. There's no perfect person out there. Um, if you just, it's just, uh, Dr. Pepper says, if, there, if you think there's enough core things that will make your life better together, that's what you're looking for here, not the perfect person. Anything else? I will say up until now, it's been all of Kristen's concern. So I was glad we got to have one for Mitch. Um, Mitch asks about what D-Day means and whether or not he, basically, do I have to say I love you in order for you to say yes on decision day? They resolve that with her being like, well, in the beginning you said you weren't attracted to me, so I felt like I had to make all these demands. Now, same thing, like if we're, we're good on decision day and we want to move forward, we don't have to hit certain markers, we can just decide to move forward. Good for them. So when Mitch says that he's open to falling in love with Kristen, and he seems really solid on that. They kissed and it was cute. So my question is, all of the things that he was talking about, the ice lattes, the flipping the house or the whatever, did Mitch not list these as deal breakers or the experts just ignored him? Well, I'm pretty sure that there's no way that you could ever make the list. There's too many things on the list. Like who could know that house flipping is not on the list of acceptable careers? Forget the house flipping. And actually, I feel like there's very few careers that... I mean, all of us damage the environment in some way or another. But that's what I'm saying. Forget the house flipping. It's just the level of commitment that he has to to this cause. Did they not? I mean, I know we didn't know. We watched the matchmaking special, and I don't think I got this level. But the way he talks about it, I find it hard to believe that he didn't express this to them. So I'm just saying, like, didn't he list this as a deal breaker that this person has to be eco-friendly, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, what on earth would make the experts choose someone like this? It's not fair. A normal human? (laughs) Who, Mitch? I bet you in her questionnaire, though, she probably said, "Um, oh, yeah, like, I believe in, like, protecting the environment and taking care of the earth because that's, like, a normal belief. And they took that to mean, sure, we can put her with Mitch. Oh, wow. You know, it's always unfortunate when you get wives like Kristen, because they're the kind of wives who they were, they're prepared to make it work no matter who it is. But the problem is the experts take it too far and then give them like people who are like to the extreme. And you know, like if people like Kristen can't put up with people like Mitch, then you've, you've gone too far. Um, so next up is Nate and Stasha. Um, they have hugs for Pastor Cal. They admire each other's clothes. Stasha's happy she's in pink and Pastor Cal is in pink. Look at us. And they sit down and there's something wrong with Nate's audio. And I did not understand why they didn't dub that in. That's what post-production's for. Um, did you notice that? No, I didn't. 
Pastor Cal says that they look incredible. I'm like, okay. And then he talks about how he was embarrassed by their sex toys exercise. And Nate says to Pastor Cal, you ain't a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Moments you just don't expect on maps, although you should. And Pastor Cal was like, last time I talked to you guys, you hadn't said, had sex. Since then, the sky's the limit. <laughs> they have a discussion about the I love yous. And I had to go back to the episode where I thought that Nate said that he loved Stasha since apparently this is a storyline. I'm glad you did because I had thoughts about it, but was too lazy. And I'm like, what did he say? What did you find out? He said, I'm falling in love with you. Uh, I mean, doesn't that count? I thought so. But according to this episode, the show and Pastor Cal and everybody, no, 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 that doesn't count. So Sasha says that he hasn't reciprocated and I love you. And then Nate says that he admires his wife and admiration ties into loves and Stasha is amazing, blah, blah, blah. Pastor Cal asks if he has ever felt like saying I love you and stopped yourself. And he says that he's waiting for the right moment and one insecurity is falling in love and getting hurt. And Pastor Cal asks if it comes from his history. Then he asks, has he been cheated of? And he says, not that I know of, which I thought was a little <laughs> funny. But Pastor Cal says to Stasha, you've been hurt in the past and you've been cheated on. And Stasha says, yes. And then he asks, have you cheated? And she says, yes. <laughs> it happened 10 years ago. Then he asked, now we've like gone sideways because we were talking about one thing. Now we're talking about another thing. Uh -huh. So he asked Nate how he feels about Stasha cheating on someone 10 years ago. And he says, he's a little bit disappointed. He was married to someone. He didn't know he was married to someone who had had that experience. And Pastor Kyle is like, you're disappointed. And about something that happened 10 years ago. 10 plus years ago. <laughs> I thought it's actually okay to have feelings about the fact that you didn't know that your partner had cheated on someone before. And I was also annoyed because we saw Pastor Cal ask her for the details. I don't know if she gave them and they cut it out, but I would be very, I want to know the details. She, and I think it's a little unfair for, to ask for him to like react instantane instantaneously to that new information. So I'm of two minds. I think at some point Pastor Cal was like, does she need to give me that information? I'm like, huh? There's certain things. I don't believe that you have to tell your partner everything, but there's certain things you need to tell them. But the, my problem with Nate's reaction is I actually thought it bordered on the misogyny line because of what he said. The reason was he said, he looks at her in a certain way, puts her in a certain way. And now he has to look at her in a different way that she doesn't see her as the type of person who would do that. And I'm like, Nate, you stole purses years ago. What do you mean? Does it only apply for one side? And you put that purses. He sold fake purses. Okay. He sold fake purses to people. That's a moral dilemma too. So is it though, if they know they're fake, some people might not know it's fake. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I thought he stole purses. I thought he was just hustling. So that's a whole different spin. So I guess I don't have a point. But I think it was just the way he said he looks at her a different way, doesn't think she's that kind of person, that she's my wife. And I just interpreted it as he's very into image and I want to be proud and brag about the fact that my wife is like this paragon of virtue and all that stuff. And I'm like, it was 10 plus years ago. Like, I mean, you he's allowed to have feelings that he did not know. But to have feelings about the fact that she has, that was where I was like, mm, not really. Um, I thought he was a little justifiable in his feelings, but I also thought it would have been nice if he would have taken 
some time to think about things, learn the whole story, and then maybe he could have reacted and maybe it would have been a better reaction. But it leads to a conversation about Stasha saying, basically, if I share information, am I going to get judged? So if I'm open with you and honest with you, next thing I know, you're like, oh, I'm not in love with you because you aren't the person who I expected you to be, which I think is a, considering his reaction in the situation, I think that's a legitimate worry to have. All right, guys, we'll be right back. They say time waits for no one, and neither should payday. To keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use the money you get from Earnin to make sure you have your spending money ready for your fun spring break trips to the beach. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, "When I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind." Download Earn In today, that's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Alto Call on the podcast, because when you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Alto Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we are back. Miguel is meeting with Stephanie, Lindy's friend. (laughs) These friends, man. So Miguel is like, how's it going? And it's very staged and very fake. (laughs) Stephanie looked like she didn't want to be there (laughs) I'm just here for the free drink (laughs) her drink visually looked very nice the the limes all perfectly on the outside of the cup I was impressed it looked refreshing so Miguel asked for the dirt on Lindy I don't he doesn't sound like he wants the dirt he sounds like let me fulfill my contractual obligation um and she said they went to Costa Rica and she got hangry I'm like that's the dirt Miguel says that that hasn't happened to him yet because he's constantly feeding her or she's feeding off the love we have. (laughs) This girl said, you guys are in love. That's gross. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Which <laughs> I totally understood why she said it. <laughs> Miguel says that Lindy is easy to love, her sense of humor. Um, and Stephanie says that she's easy to be around most of the time. <laughs> um, Stephanie asks if there's anything that makes him not sure about her. And Miguel said it was all sunshine and rainbows until McGindy, which was a point I brought up last week is that Miguel said he took care of the baby every two hours and it brought, and she kind of didn't take the turn she was supposed to take. It sounds like, hmm. and it brought to surface how they handle challenges and that she's quick to anger and going from A to Z. Stephanie's like, Oh, I've noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> Steph. God, Stephanie. Stephanie was a lot like, you know, Stephanie was a lot like the other Stephanie, Mitch's sister-in-law. Um, They talk about how Lindy is quick to anger and quick to go into the cycle of negativity. And then they show a clip package that I think is supposed to show Lindy cycling, but I don't see it that way for all of them because they showed there was the decision day fight. Okay, that was Lindy spiraling. Then there was the health insurance. I'm sorry, I was on Lindy's side with the health insurance. Um, what? Did, th- we have a, did we talk about this? We did. And I said I was on the side with the health insurance. Then there were the pictures for the anniversary, which I thought could have been very easily solved by Miguel saying, you're being negative about this and I don't like it. And then there was the axe throwing thing that we just saw in the loveless marriage. So I was like, okay, so Lindy was out of line maybe in one of the four things you just showed me, in my opinion. Well, um, to me, it was valid, but also you have to remember it's a reality show. So th- that's what we saw. We don't know what else he's experiencing. Okay. Well, if you didn't show it to me, <laughs> I'm supposed to judge it. Miguel says that he wants her to work through some of her like concerns internally. So she's not so quick to anger. I feel like that's a legitimate ask. I think he's looking for some, what we call emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. Stephanie says that she needs reassurance and most of the time she's happy-go-lucky but you know sometimes she does her thing and everything can't be triggering you to that extent extent yeah i mean my only fear for miguel and lindy is like i don't want it to be like a miguel is the one carrying the burden most of the emotional labor in the relationship because it just seems to be about lindy 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 right now I mean, he said he says otherwise on after party, but based on maths, it just seems like he has to meet her at her point of need more times than she does. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. That like you don't want someone going from zero, like you want them to internally work through their stuff, and and maybe he's starting to feel a little like overburdened. I don't, like, I don't know. Well, I mean, something I learned when I got married is I'm a I'm the kind of person that wants to talk out everything. So when something's wrong, I'm just like saying everything that's on my mind. And my husband is the opposite. He likes to like digest stuff and take his time. And he kind of mentioned how it's not everything that you think that you just blurt out at the moment because you have to realize that it takes an effect on the other person. You don't know how other people receive stuff. Like I've said stuff and I feel better. But he has to receive it and he has to work through whatever it is that I've just said. So you have to consider that. So that's where I'm thinking Miguel is coming from. Like, you, your feelings are valid. I mean, feelings are not facts. That's the whole thing to work out. But you, you, you feel justified in whatever you're saying. But kind of take a step back 
and think about what you're saying. Cause she's the one, like I said, to me, who always brings up the, when we have conflict, what's going to happen, we have to work through it or whatever. And then Miguel takes that in. And for someone who's always in his head and who's going to be a realist or whatever, he starts processing, well, what if we don't do this? What if she just gets mad? What if she doesn't? So just cause she's getting her frustrations out anyway, she has to consider how Miguel is going to receive it and what that's going to do to him and create doubt in his mind. So yeah, Miguel and and, and Lindy need to figure that out. I don't think Stephanie was very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie just came for the airtime. <laughs> Miguel says this stuff doesn't register as a full blown. It doesn't register as a full blown deal breaker, but it would put him on edge and push them apart. Which is fair. Fair enough. So Alexis is doing like a pre-interview before meeting with the experts. And she says she doesn't know who it is. She's trying to remain calm. She's trying to coach herself before she goes in here. And she said she doesn't need to say anything hurtful just because someone said something to hurt me. And that she doesn't need to be passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. So they brought in the, the, I think it was Pastor Cal says they brought in Devon because he encourages people to see their own worth and value and it's vital for alexis and justin to help them see the value in their spouse i was like that is a bit of a stretch (laughs) devon says he thinks he can help his brother and sister out Mm. i was like okay i don't know about this brother and sister thing he said my brother so many times i'm like all right (laughs) i think it's a bit risky and it was a risk with dr pia too to just bring in someone who has no interactions before with Justin and Alexis. And I think Alexis looks doubtful too. I think she's like, oh God, someone new. Well, my thought process was just, I wondered if they recognized him. It didn't seem like it because you remember when they announced he was coming on, my fear was bringing someone who is kind of a celebrity. I say kind of because it doesn't seem like a lot of people know who he is. But, I've never heard of him before in my life. <laughs> I'm still All so I knew him as was Megan Good's ex-husband. Yeah, I mean, that's enough. But, <laughs> but yeah. No, I when they said his name and said he's Megan Good's ex-husband, oh, I know God. about him in relation to like, oh, I remembered Megan Good had a husband. I don't remember his name. Oh, God. He was in a lot of talk shows. He was on stuff. and Anyways, so I didn't know if they recognized him. And part of it was like, oh, is it a celebrity? Would you be starstruck? Would you be real? Or would you be conscious? So when they came in, I was like, it doesn't look like they recognize him. Not even in the confessionals. They didn't say anything about, oh, I recognize him and all that stuff. And the other thought I had was, I don't know what made them decide to get a guest expert. Because this is, two, this is what, four episodes left? So they brought him to us the tail end. So I don't know if it was inspired by Alexis and Dr. Pia's interaction. Because, I mean, they had Dr. Pia. Were they auditioning her and she failed the test with that? I don't know. But that's what I was thinking. And the last thought I got was, I think Alexis thought it was cute. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I wonder, if, I wonder if this is a tryout for both him and Dr. Pia. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll find we'll find out next season, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Devin's first question for Alexis is, how does the club make her feel? I was very ready to be annoyed. I was like, I'm not impressed with this question. Everybody should enjoy themselves the way they like. I don't understand why she needs to justify her place at the club. Unless it's harmful to others, 
How Alexis chooses to enjoy herself is fine and has nothing to do with Justin's feelings of being unwanted. That was my rant when he asked the question. Let's continue. So she responds with, she has a tough job, she has to be in control, and she likes to let loose and let her hair down at the club. And then he asks, how free do you feel in your marriage? And she says she feels smothered. Um, and Justin says that that's hurtful because he doesn't want to smother. And I was like, oh, Devin is better than I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> Devin is much better than I was giving him credit for with that first question. <laughs> Um, Justin says he doesn't want to be that guy and like, damn, I'm that guy. So Devin asked, what would it marriage need to look like for Alexis to not feel repressed? And he, she says, just us doing stuff together, traveling, hiking, extreme sports. Devin asks if Justin likes those things. And he's like, yeah, I like those things. And Devin's like, look, you guys have commonalities and connection. She says, he says, it seems that Justin has a strong commitment to freedom. What's the best, freest, secure version you can create? And he says that they need to switch to a we mindset. I was very impressed with Devin. Devon. Devon. Yeah. I was very impressed with Devon in this moment. But see, I think he asked all the right questions, but the devil's advocate of me was wondering if it's like Alexis was more receptive to him because he looked good. That's my interpretation. And so maybe she wasn't on the defensive and she was open to it. So I didn't know, am I giving him credit or is it that they were just more receptive? I can't tell. Maybe they were more receptive, but I think his line of questioning was much more getting to the root of the problem than talking around it. like they did Which is Dr. what they did with Dr. Pia. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely got more out of them. He was very um, enthusiastic. <laughs> he was a bit much. Yes, he was. It was a bit much. But it was his first time, so you know. <laughs> so Devin keeps on going um, with the session. And Justin says that he has a fear of losing Alexis. Alexis is oddly very happy about this and says that she's proud of him. And I was like, are you proud of him of, for saying that? Yeah, for admitting it. Because they begin. Okay. Remember the whole thing we said was they were talking about this in circles the last time. So you're finally talking about the root of what it is. You feel like you're losing her and you're scared of losing her. Okay. So Devon says that, it, that this fear means that he's scared, that Justin cares and that Justin will not have a happy marriage if he's constantly like, what, what was she doing? He says right now it's the club, but the club could easily be the gym or the day after that it could be church, which mm. is, yes, it's not about where she is or what she's doing. It's about how Justin feels. Um, mm. Justin says in the interview that he's discovered that he has some insecurities and that he's controlling. I think that was a stretch. I think the insecurities part, yes, but that he's controlling, uh, I don't know. The controlling is a manifestation of the insecurities and it's not cool to like, I don't want to speculate and say, well, if Justin was secure, then he would stop being controlling. But ideally that's how it would go. But it's also a really bad reaction to insecurity. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Because honestly, if he was secure, I don't think he would mind that she's going to the club because his feelings would be like, she's coming back to me anyway. So I just still want to know if it is every night or if it is two hours, one weekend a day during the weekend. Something is shifty about that. I just want to know who's telling the truth. I know. I think that, well, I'm inclined to believe that. If someone says, well, I could be out even more. I could be out Monday through Friday. I'm inclined to believe it was every weekend. 
Actually, I think she does clubbing on Saturday, brunch on Sunday. (laughs) Devin says there's one more thing. And Alexis calls it before he even says it. The sex. Devin says there's an imbalance of power because Alexis wants to be dominated. And Justin says he needs the energy reciprocated. This advice was suspect. Okay. Devin says that Justin needs to stop looking for signs (laughs) and that he needs to be confident. And my brother, part Mm -hmm. of confidence is looking in the mirror and loving who looks back at you. I was like, no, I mean, I was a little confused. (laughs) I was like, "Ah." so what you're saying, it sounded like, oh, just jump on her. Pretty much. Like, don't be tentative, but this brings back to what we said about Michael last season. <laughs> Consent. Yes. And I don't actually think it's... I, I think that Alexis is using a little bit of an excuse. I don't think that the fact that Justin isn't dominant is a problem here, because I feel like Justin would be all in if he thought that Alexis was attracted to him and wanted to have sex with him. I think the yeah. problem is Alexis is giving off vibes that she's not into it. Yes. Absolutely. I think Devon projected himself because he made a weird comment about, I see myself in you and I have to tell my wife and something. And I'm like, is there tea? Cause we don't know why they broke up. Everyone has made up all the stuff that he was controlling and he was trying to get her not to do sex scenes in movies anymore. Cause Megan Good is a sex bot. But I'm like, no, he always stood up for her when people try to say stuff about that. So that's all I was focused on. I think I kind of blanked out and was like, what does that mean that he saw himself in Justin? And is that good? That can't be good. Considering <laughs> he's divorced, is that good? Yeah, I was like, that can't be good. So, And also he said my wife. Even though in an interview he said he he announced the divorce and they still wanted him to come on. So I was wondering about the timing. But yeah. Okay. So in Alexis's interview, she says it's important to consummate before decision day. Like if someone is your person, having the freedom to explore intimately and sexually is, is what she needs. Devin's a, I don't know what to call this line. Marriage is a mirror and you're butt naked. Stop trying to fix the mirror. Fix yourself. Mm. Words of wisdom from our new expert, Devin. Oof. Devon. Oh my God. Oh God. <laughs> Words of wisdom from our expert, Devon. Okay. Um, next up is Morgan and Ben. Okay. I'm not trying to hate, but Morgan showed up to this meetup in jeans and a chunky sweater. We see what Stasha wore. We see what Alexis wore. We see what Kristen wore. She's really not trying anymore. She, I mean, she showed up in scrubs last week. What are you expecting? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least then she was home. This time they went to a third location. Everybody else dressed up. No, 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 no. Morgan doesn't care. She's never cared. She's never actually really dressed up, even an after party. It's not her thing. In an interview, Ben is a sad sack of a man. He talks about how if they get divorced, he's just really worried about his parents' reaction because he knows his mom will love him no matter what. But his dad was, has always been rough on him and he doesn't take divorce lightly. Ben, so much, Ben has got to go to therapy. Too many of his values are wrapped up in what his parents think. I didn't actually hear one word about what, what divorce would mean to Ben personally. Honestly, I have no feelings every time he mentions that now. I'm immune to it. So. 
Dr. Pepper asks them to start with what in a relationship brings out the best in you. And Morgan starts with her subbing. Um, <laughs> is it really subbing if you're in, in a therapy session with the man you're talking about? I don't know. But it's like, it's hard to see Morgan as a whole person now. She's just one long reaction to Ben. Mm-hmm. So the softer side is only shown to people who she can really trust. And being with someone she can trust brings out the softer side to her. And with the right person, that side of her does come out. <laughs> I said relationship brings out a softer side of Morgan? I put a, two question marks. Really? <laughs> Dr. Pepper says to Ben, I understand you're overwhelmed and in a panic. And Dr. Pepper says that you have been judgmental and distrusting the whole nurse thing was off the charts. And he agrees. And I'm still not sure that that is the truth. Mm. Then in an interview, this is I am tired of this girl. Morgan whips out her phone and is like, look, look, I didn't have to log in. This is Googleable. Very Googleable. It Morgan, it would be very difficult for me to care any less about you and your nursing degree and your nursing license. I. It was very strange. Because the crux of the matter is not that Ben lied or whatever she's accusing him of, is that he embarrassed her. She's embarrassed about the allegedly one class. That's not done. Then Morgan complains more about how her apologies haven't been coming to her correctly. Moving on. She's <laughs> still like, I can't do it anymore. Any thoughts? No, the way Morgan gives legs to different things just to poke at Ben is just, it's ridiculous. And I don't know if Dr. Pepper got notes based on her conversation with Olajuwon last season. Dr. Pepper is not, you know, the Dr. Pepper that we know where she gets to the crux of the matter because she did not give Morgan enough accountability on this. And that's just really pissing me off in all of the sessions that Morgan has had. None of the people are actually calling her out on being like flat out cruel. Um, yeah, no one has. And then she comes back and she does it again. And then she does it another time. And then it's yeah. very repetitive. So we talk more about how Ben is on a journey of self-discovery or something. And he says that the experience taught him that he um, doesn't know how to externalize his feelings and he runs away from emotions. Okay. Do you agree with that? Or do you just think it's that he was married to the wrong person, AKA Morgan? I, it's, it's really, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like we have gotten to know Ben and Morgan as people at all. They just come on every week and play the same character. It's like Morgan, like, I mean, Ben, he wilted. He obviously lost weight. I know he told us seven pounds. I feel like he lost more and he just wilted. Like he just went into a shell. The whole thing has been very unpleasant for both of them. It's funny. <laughs> I need to know what Ben did. Because I feel like I, the show makes me feel like I'm wrong in that I feel worse for Ben than I do the Morgan, than I do for Morgan. Because yeah. I just feel like every week he just gets beat up over and over again. And she has to come after him every single week over and over again. And it's tiring. Yeah. Whatever the original sin was, he has somehow come out looking like a victim, oddly enough. Yeah. Um... So Morgan says that they were happy when they had a solid friendship. And I said, when did these people have a solid friendship? One day after the wedding. <laughs> Dr. Pepper asks if it's reconstructable. Not a word, much like disclude. Which is from, sorry. 
the disclude thing was on after the altar, which is on our Patreon. Um, and I was like, Dr. Pepper, reconstructable is not a word. And um, Morgan says that it's not reconstructable on her end, not that trust. So Dr. Pepper says, sounds like today's your decision day. And she, and Morgan gets to go first. She asked Morgan, do you feel like your marriage is over? She says, yeah, and she wants a divorce. It wasn't meant to be. It was unfortunate, but it has come down to a divorce. And then she asked Ben and, and he's like, yep, I want a divorce. Not ready to be married. Um, he's realized that it's frustrating and the, this is a bottom and the only way to go up. Um, in an interview, Ben says that he is the first to be divorced in his family. And he is already the only person who's not a doctor. And please, like, he should go direct from this conversation to therapy so that he can become his own person separate from everybody's family has influence on them their opinions matter but there is something seriously wrong where you're getting divorced and all you can think about is your family who actually had no factor in your divorce they also had no factor when you decided to be married at first sight so a little part of me is like now you're giving it so much weight but you didn't give it so much weight when you decided to apply for the show so now why do you care knowing that it was a high possibility have you not seen the stats i don't know I'm over both of them. I feel more for Ben, but I'm over both of them. I'm glad they're done. I also wondered why they decided to let them call it now. Was it was it cheaper for the retreat? I just, <laughs> why didn't they just let them <laughs> ride it out? There's not much left. So I, I found that very interesting. I'm glad that they, they put us all out of the misery. I'm glad that they forced them to a decision day. I do feel like they dragged it out for actually a pretty long time. And I'm very disappointed that the two of them had to be forced into it and couldn't just like, I wish it had been more like a Chris situation where there's a conversation and they initiate the, you know, I'm done. Today's my decision day. I want a divorce. Yeah. White Chris, everybody, white Chris. (laughs) As an aside, I do think Morgan is gorgeous. Like I'm always staring at her skin. It's glowing. So then we move on to Kristen and Mitch. And Kristen, as usual, is giving Mitch praise for problem solving when they met with Dr. Pepper as Mitch slurps his food. This wasn't editing. This was not editing. This they was, made it a little bit louder. They, they made it louder. They amplified it, but you can't, they cannot edit what you don't give them. And Kristen's um, reaction, like her eyes and stuff made me realize that it was real. <laughs> I um, have no idea what was said during that whole conversation. Cause I was just, all I could hear was, <laughs> Like, Jesus, make it stop. I mean, kudos to her. She did not say a thing. <laughs> she says, like, um, it didn't, it doesn't feel as extreme. Um, his lifestyle choice, I guess. And of course, Mitch, he has to ruin anything. If anything's going good, Mitch is like, oh no, this is too good. I have to be contrary. And he goes that, oh, it's gonna get more extreme because you know, they're not in their own place right now. So when they go to their own place, then it's gonna be, you know, more. So Mitch says he wanted to, he tells us in the confessional that he wanted to bring up something in front of Dr. Pepper, but that he didn't. But what he wanted to say was that he likes how Kristen looks like naturally, but he hasn't figured out the right way to bring it up to her. Again, was this something in his requirements that is a deal breaker or is a thing that he wanted when he was signing up for Married at First Sight? I will say that I do believe that Mitch probably put that in his questionnaire. Okay. 
as long as he did, I'm just, you know, they talk about this usually in the reunion and stuff like that. So maybe they would touch on that because there's just, for someone like Mitch, we, I, I'm expecting now that he had a long list of things and I'm sure they were like, this guy's not serious, can't be right. But this seems like something important because he's complained about this from day one. So we move to Nate, uh, who is meeting with Stasha's friends, Tamika and Asha. So their drinks looked so good. I just kept staring at them. They looked pretty and cold and refreshing. And he brings up Stasha cheating and saying that it triggered his insecurities and that, you know, he didn't handle it well, that he judged her for it. I say this again. Nate is a very self-aware man. Yes. But I also noticed that he was wearing a hat. When they first met with Pascal, he was wearing a hat. And then this time he was wearing a hat again. And I'm like, did his braider not have time <laughs> in the schedule <laughs> to get his hair tight and right. <laughs> but um, he explains how he's a very organic person and he just wants them, you know, to get to how let their relationship develop organically. But Stasha is all, I'm all in now. When are you going to meet me where I am and all that stuff. And her friends are like, just give that he should give himself the opportunity to be curious and just learn everything that he can about Stasha and get to know her and just show and do things to show that he's in it. And again, I like Nate because he always stands up for himself. He was like, I am doing those things. So I guess it's not enough. So Asha finds a way to slip in the L word. And this was me saying that this was ridiculous because as far as I was concerned, I thought that he said that he loved her, but he did say that he expressed that his love is growing. So I'm, this was a point where I was like, we should probably watch this back again, but I'm too lazy. I didn't even know what episode it was. So yeah. So then Stasha is meeting with Nate's friends, Teddy and George, and she tells them that they're still loving towards each other. And Nate's friend tells Stasha that he's happy as hell. Stasha says, he says all of the things about, I love this about Stasha. I love how she does this, but he does not say, I love you. The friends tell her that they have never seen him say, I love you to anyone but his family. Stasha is like, you've never seen him in a serious relationship? And they were like, mm, not really, like high school, here and there, but not really. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that sets Stasha's alarm bells going. So Stasha tells us in a confessional that a 35-year-old man who has never done this, how will he know if he's in love? And that's very surprising. Um, I don't think I knew Nate was 35. Um, I don't think I knew either. Because they had that conversation about age and... 35 to 37 doesn't seem so far apart because he said Pastor Kyle told him that like, you just got to, ex you know, extend it and expand your circle. So I'm like, huh. I was hoping they'll put his age again, but I never noticed. So I'll be on the lookout. But yeah, the age difference is not that much. If it is. Yeah, because sometimes he talks as if she's like an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. So George says that expressing himself is not going to be natural for Nate and she just has to be patient. She says she tries to be patient, but she does not want to be in a loveless marriage. And I'm like, I'm checking out. This is pointless. No one asked you to be in a loveless marriage. This man said he's falling in love with you. You've known each other six weeks. Give it time. You'll be fine. Plus, I think Nate and Stasha are fine. All this is to create a storyline. So, um... They say that he's using the tools that he's learning. She says that he's also, he fights the experts all the time. I, I don't think that's true, but I was going to ask your opinion on that. 
like, do we see him fight the experts? She said when he tells her, when they tell him stuff, he's like, no, that's not the case. Is Do, do you agree with her? Yeah, I do. I, no, I do not agree with her. And it's once again one of the things where I'm like, okay, you know how with Lindy, they were like, oh, she does X. And so they show us a clip package of her doing X. Mm-hmm. If stop, uh, Nate has been arguing with the experts or being resistant, shouldn't we have like a clip package available? And yeah. not just her word? Yeah. And this is... This is another time, especially like with the group therapy, where she said something and I was like, wait, is this what we've been seeing? Like, this is completely different. So I found that very interesting. So at this point, I think their issues are not many. And at this point, she's manufacturing stuff. I don't know. We move on to Lindy and Miguel. And Lindy is all about the fashion choices this episode because she wore a bright orange pantsuit with like a black beanie or something i don't i i I, maybe she was having a bad hair day and that was the first thing she could grab but it was a it was a choice so mitch had a hat nate had a hat lindy had a hat i was like was (laughs) it really cold in there like what why was everybody needing hats and hats didn't really match anything they were just like beanies i don't know yeah pasta cal tells lindy that she looks good and she's glowing and hope she's not glowing because she's not pregnant right Oh my God, aid. I don't know if it was a McGindy joke, but I'm like, who says that to a woman? Um, in some ways, I was just glad that Pastor Cal was being equal opportunity in his weird things about babies. Ooh, I don't know. Pastor Cal be saying some things. Like the first thing, as soon as he said it, I thought Lindy was going to be like freak out and say, are you saying I look fat or what? <laughs> so, like, why don't you just look at a woman and say, you're not, pre- you look like are you pregnant. You're glowing. Like, how about just say, are you happy? Why are we skipping all the way to pregnancy? <laughs> oh my God. Then I was like, maybe that's why. <laughs> Who's not been on unfilled? I was like, what if Lindy's pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> That was random of him to say, but okay. So Miguel brings up, you know, the way she handles stress and how overtly negative that she is. Her body language changes, but not too terrible. Lindy says she did not know that this was something that was boiling up um, within Miguel, but Miguel says it's not like he's holding it in, but he's just seeing a pattern that if it continues, it's not going to be sustainable for him and they need to address it. Pascal asked Lindy if, Miguel has seen the worst of her and she says he has seen some intense characteristics but he's like on a scale of one to ten she's like "Mm, maybe a 4.5 and then he asks her have you ever been at a 10 and he says I've been at a 10 but twice in my life like many years ago so he tells Miguel like you know don't go forecasting the doom and just let it be which I thought was crap advice because again Lindy's the one who keeps reminding Miguel, you haven't seen the worst of me. You haven't seen the worst of me. You can't handle... It's like, she thinks it's a flex? I don't think she thinks it's a flex. And I'm not saying that Lindy is perfect in this situation. But I do think that Miguel has the option to not say the thing that he knows will freak her out. He said it once. No one can accuse him of being a liar if they break up. Which they would break up whether he said, well, we might break up all the time either way. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I feel like Miguel says it in response to one of her things. He never just brings it up out the blue. She says something and that is his true feelings response. And he's right. He can't censor himself because she's going to get mad and then give whatever answer he has to give. Like if she doesn't bring it up, I don't see where he brings it up himself. She's the one always bringing it up. So I don't know. Fair 
fair enough, but I, I still, I don't, there's no rule that says that he has to say it every time she brings it up. There is no rule. Then and I feel like I'm with Pastor Cal because even Pastor Cal was like, you don't have to say it. Okay. So Pastor Cal asked him, the question is, can you live with her norm? And then they cut to commercial and that's it. So that being said, we're going to cut to our own commercial. We'll be right back, guys. And so we're back with Mitch and Rach- and Kristen's sister, Rachel. Little did we know that this was going to be the bomb or the grenade that goes off at the end of this episode. So Rachel goes straight into, you know, his expectations being met. Like, has he worked through that? And Mitch says it wasn't a Kristen thing. It was a him thing that he was just in his head. He was expecting a surfy, hippie person. I mean, he's not wrong though. Why didn't he get that? They probably didn't apply. They probably thought the show was (laughs) not aligned. And, you know, he realized that he had a great person and he wasn't going to let her go. And, you know, he's good now. So her sister says that, you know, Kristen deserves someone who's going to be all in. She says that a lot of times. And then Mitch says, you know, there's something that he wants to ask her advice on. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, Mitch. Oh, no. And he's like, (laughs) that, you know, he wants to know how to mention that he thinks that she's beautiful in her natural state. And he's more attracted to her when she's in that state. And I just, what is the right way to say that? There is no right way to say that and not infer that when you do put makeup, I'm turned off by you. Oh boy. To her sister. Anyways. Her sister doesn't like Mitch. And that was before he said that makeup. Oh, oh, very obviously. (laughs) Oh, and Kristen's sister also sounds exactly like her. She does. She does. Um, her sister says, first, I have to stop you right there. The makeup is not for you. It's not for the male gaze and women want to present how they feel best. And, you know, if you go ahead and say this based on how you guys started out, it's not going to go well. She already felt really insecure about what you said in the beginning. So trying, you know, and she trying to figure out if Mitch liked Kristen. So saying like, oh, a haircut and stop wearing makeup is not it. And her sister is not Tim Mitch at all. She's like, you need to figure out if you are the man for her, AKA you're not. So, I mean, I just, Mitch was wrong. you, You can't tell a woman like, okay. So you find her beautiful in her natural state is a long way to ask, can you not wear makeup? Because what is the solution to saying, I find you beautiful. What do you, what is the outcome you expect by telling her that you find her beautiful in her natural state. That she will wear less makeup to accommodate your need for a woman with less makeup. And you also saying you don't accept her completely. You only accept her in certain ways conditionally. Like, it's just a no. Oh, boy. It's really, like, oh. It just... I don't even... I don't, I don't... It was such a dumb thing to ask her sister about this. I wish he would have asked his friend who he um, asked about sex. <laughs> yes. I was like, why didn't you ask her this? Oh, bad, bad <sighs> choices. So because this group cannot stand to be alone, they have another group event and they're all together. I think like at the pool, just grilling, having fun. Ben is around. He says he doesn't think, 
that he and Morgan are on speaking terms or talking terms, as he said, but he doesn't care. He came here to have a good time because it's probably one of the last times he gets to hang out with them and he came to say his goodbyes. The girls gather on one end and Morgan asks Kristen how she is and she gives a grin, like a grin like, oh, sis, I'm about to fuck shit up. And she's like, she tells us that her sister told her what what Mitch had asked and she's telling Morgan, but she's not going to say anything yet. She's going to take her time. She's going to plant seeds. This is giving Morgan life. You know, Morgan is all about the petty. Morgan is like, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So Miguel is asking, you know, what they thought of the new expert. But I don't know who he was addressing it to, but no one really answered the question. (laughs) Then Morbin breaks it to them that this is their last night and they decided to get a divorce. And everyone's like, oh, I don't think anyone should be surprised. They were pretty much done. So it's hilarious that they um, showed Alexis's face. (laughs) <laughs> and Alexis's face was what they used to like promote the episode. And we were, I think that there was speculation as to why she made that face. And I was actually shocked that it was the Morgan and Ben divorce announcement that had <laughs> this look of surprise. How could she have been surprised? Um, this is your handiwork. This is brava. <laughs> um, ben has a confessional. I can't remember if he's in the room again because all they do is shuffle this man into a bedroom all the time to do an interview. And says this may be it for him in San Diego. I'm like, oh, that's extreme. But whatever you need to do to heal, man. So Morgan is not satisfied. And she's just like, she can't be friends with Ben because she doesn't trust him and a friend wouldn't. It's enough, Morgan. It's enough. Jeez. <laughs> and then Alexis asking Ben, do you feel the same way? Ben was like, yeah, he could be friends with her, but he wants her to forgive and let go. Um, He tells us in the confessional, he would never say that to her face, but he wants her to forgive and let go for her sake. So Stasha shares that it went well with Pastor Cal. Lindy says things are good, but she says it like the way Danielle used to say it, Danielle from Dallas. And Alexa's like, it's okay. You can say that things are going good. It's all right. And they talk about McGindy, that he was a boy because they couldn't get the gender. And then Miguel makes like a tiny dick joke. Like that's right for the Santiago. That's uh, that's online for a Santiago. And I'm like, these group and dick jokes, man. For so, some reason though, I think it's more funny if you make a dick joke about how your dick is small than that your dick is big. I'm just saying. <laughs> I have to sit with that one. <laughs> so Justin says that they talked about intimacy and he says they're different. And Alexis is used to men who are dominant and he doesn't mind being dominant. It just has to be reciprocated. This is one thing that I think Justin is in the right about and he's not actually not lying. And he he's valid in that point. No matter how much Alexis tries to spin it, you can tell when someone's not into you. Alexis says she needs that overall in their relationship, not just in the bedroom. And Miguel asks, are you guys still in love? And I thought that was shady. <laughs> I thought that was shady because of the first time they said they were in love. They were like, already? I thought it was shady, but that was a question I had too. So that's a problem (laughs) with Miguel. Even when he's wrong, a lot of the times I'll be like, "Ah, I'll take you. (laughs) So Justin says, yeah, he is, but he has mixed feelings, but he doesn't feel confident going into decision day because a lot has happened and he has to sort it out. Alexis says that that's her thing, that if he has to choose between her and anything else, 
just choose anything else because she should be the obvious choice. I was like, huh? You're not giving... A little aggro. It it is, but also, you're not giving him everything to make him confident that choosing you is the right thing. It's almost like you want him to choose you, but you don't have to make him feel like he's number one for you either. It's, It's a little selfish. So Mitch says, Dr. Pepper gets them. So it was a good session. And the theme was like, you know, what else is not answered? And Alexis brings up the whole makeup thing and how she dresses. Does it still bother him? And she's glad that they got over it. I put my hand on my head. I Okay, so here's the thing. When Christian said that thing about planting seeds, I had no idea what she was saying. I was like, what? Planting seeds? And then when Alexis did this, I was like, she, they set this man up. And literally the quote that went through my head is, Bitch set me up. Ah, like our late Martin Mayor of Washington, D.C., Marion Barry said, Bitch set me up. So you think that's what happened? Oh. It was. It honestly wasn't until you... Well, I knew the minute Alexis said it and the way that she said it, even her tone, I was like, you guys are setting this man up. This is not right. Bruh. I put my hand on my head, which is the Nigerian way to show, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, Alexis, you just broke up a marriage. You about to go for number two? Two? I swear. Even if Kristen came to you to ask, just be like, sis, I'm going through my own shit. (laughs) Like, get Morgan. She's out. Let her do it. Like, I'm going to stay out of it. But she did this with glee. And just said, oh, I'm just glad that you guys got over that. And this poor man, Mitch is like, did I say that? It was his own version of Portia. Who said that? (laughs) And and then I was trying to remember, wait, did he say that publicly? Like, I know he said in confessionals, but I don't even think he told the guys. Chris and asked. We have no, I'm almost sure of this. We have no video of Mitch, or we have not seen Mitch tell the guys about the makeup thing because he said it at the wedding and the next time it came up is this week is that right yes that i can't recall to be honest i that's why i was racking my brain but if he had i think they would have played it i think they would have played it and i was really hoping that this was going to get asked in after party but you know they've been dropping the ball now they don't ask hard-hitting questions anymore so it wasn't so Kristen asks, oh, yeah, so are you over it? And Miguel is like, I never heard you say that. And Justin, Justin, this woman is treating you like crap and you're backing her up. He's like, I heard it. What? In my mind, I was like, did Justin really hear it? Or is he just backing Alexis up in her shenanigans? Bruh, why are these two so messy? Especially since their hands ain't clean. And honestly, I think it's foreplay for them. Because, you know, they never seem as connected as when they're fucking. Yes, when they're making fun of other couples and giving commentary, mean commentary. (laughs) And Mitch just looks so blindsided that I was like, he never said this to the guys. Oh, and then he was he was trying to rock his brain like I'm not trying to be a liar, but I don't think I said it. And I think that's what he meant when he said I never said it. So after denying it, he finally admits like, yes, I said it, but I didn't know it had gotten around. And I, he didn't want to seem like a controlling husband. And then Kristen makes a face like, ha. So Morgan asked how he feels about her now. And he said he doesn't know yet. 
and what this is that and what decision they meant to each other. So Miguel asks if they have started talking about decision day, and Kristen says they are both undecided, but she did wonder if she could be Mitch's wife. But now she's wondering, does she want Mitch? And is she okay with someone who is unsure about her and her needs are bigger than what can be done in two weeks? Nate and Stasha are whispering, and Nate is like, you think they're going to make it? Stasha said, uh-uh. I'm sorry, but couples whispering at each other while other couples go at it is one of the best. I feel like we've barely ever had this before on Max, but this season has had a lot of it and it's been enjoyable every time. Because all they do is hang out. <laughs> so um, the group are still going on and talking and then the experts walk in. Remember they started this last season when the couples were on the beach and Alexis gets all googly-eyed again, and my theory stands. It's probably because of Devon, and he walks in. She's like, ugh. Guys, I could just be projecting on this poor woman, but that is, I stand by it. So I quite actually enjoyed this whole experts listening in on the couple. I like it. Do you like No, it? no, no, no. no. <laughs> There's an expiration date on this, and it's now. Because in defense of this group, the previous season was airing as they were filming, so I don't know if they would have caught the um, the surprise from last season, which was the first time. So from here on out, any couple who does not know that the experts are listening at the final group gathering is going to look dumb. I don't because think it's, it's not a surprise anymore. I don't think they're going to look dumb. I think we've established that the couples on this show are not people who watch previous seasons. They don't know anything about anything. They didn't know what clinking glasses meant. They don't watch the show. They just apply to be married. So I'm fairly confident they're not going to know. Plus, they make them hang out all the time. It could be anytime, really. So so uh, Devon asked Alexis if she can make it easier. I don't know if they brought him specifically for Alexis and Justin, because that's the only couple he addresses this episode. <laughs> did you notice that? I did, yes, but I feel like they were giving him one to work on. Look what they did with Dr. Pia, and it was, I guess, too much. <laughs> they gave her a group. So Devon asks Alexis if she can make it easier for Justin when it comes to intimacy. And she says, yes. And, you know, like this morning he came to me for help and he asked, like, how can she provide help for me? And she said, yes. Eight, I got to tell you that it took me a second to realize that this was a clean statement because, you know, Alexis is always very willing to share their business. And I honestly thought she was saying that he came to her for a hand job this morning. That was my interpretation before I came back around. I was like, oh, I think she doesn't mean anything dirty. So Devon tells Justin that he needs to step up and life is asking him to step up, but he shouldn't ease back when he gets uncomfortable. We get a glimpse of the old Alexis and Justin in the confessional. Like we mentioned, the talking shit about other couples is foreplay for them because Justin is talking about ripping off her clothes. Alexis is laughing and they're just ha ha ha. <laughs> and <laughs> Dr. Pepper asks, uh, addresses Kristen and Mitch and is like, did something happen? And then Kristen <laughs> mentions the combo with her sister and asks if he's over the attraction hurdle. Dr. Pepper asks Mitch, like, what did she say? And he says that he told her that he wouldn't mind her input on knowing, you know, how to tell Kristen that he prefers her in her natural state. I hate saying that because it sounds like National Geographic, <laughs> Animal Kingdom, and it's like, and the lion comes in its natural state and the hunter decides. So <laughs> I'm just like, you know, we did have a listener um, who messaged to say they think that the sister 
kind of twisted the message and told Kristen something that wasn't right, but I don't think so. Do you think so? No, she didn't twist the message. I don't think she twisted. I think she got the gist of the message, which is that he likes her in a natural state. He wants to know how to tell her that and basically control how she looks for his benefit. There's no, and there's no possible good way to say it, which is why, you know, it's really hard to paraphrase a conversation after you've had it, right? Mm-hmm. So of course his, her sister was not going to get it word for word correct, but the paraphrasing was just fine. And and, and every time because I- Because it should have never come out of Mitch's mouth to begin with. It shouldn't have. And every time I think about the fact that what we're getting is also the edited version, like what else could this man have said? This man who doesn't know where it ends and where things stop. So Dr. Pepper says, in some ways, that's a compliment. And then he, he, she asks Mitch, do you think she's beautiful without skipping a beat? He's like, yes, I do. Then she goes, are you very attracted to her? And then there's a pause. You cannot recover from a pause. No matter what comes on after, even though he says, um, I am attracted to her. No, it was done. And Dr. Pepper was like, shit, Mitch, I gave you a layup. And she didn't say that out loud. That was me interpreting her face. And then she's like, I think she's going to hear it the way I'm hearing it. And Dr. Pastacal was like, yeah, it's the way I'm hearing it too. And it is the way I heard it too. It was, was, I just, like you said, there's no way to recover from that pause. They could have recovered from his initial, I'm not attracted to you. Mm -hmm. If he reassured her for the rest of the time, I am attracted to you. But this nonsense right here. They will never make it. I think they actually might make it to decision day, but they're not going to make it much longer after that. Girl, I am not going to bet against Kristen for giving heart because I I don't know what Kristen is doing. She's almost Mindy level right now. And this man is going to say, I love you in a desperate bit to keep her <laughs> in a future episode. So, <laughs> um, Mitch tells Dr. Pepper that he's being put on the spot. How is asking if you're attracted to your wife being put on the spot? Bad, bad, bad all the way around. And that, you know, you already heard the conversation. So was that the way to do this? And Dr. Pepper is like, you're not going to put me in this. Like, I wouldn't have said it if I didn't know the answer was not going to be affirmative. Like, I just thought. It was like, I wouldn't do that to Kristen. (laughs) Yeah. You did that to Kristen. Yeah. So Mitch says that, you know, what's the point? And then Kristen says, this is so embarrassing. And then she starts tearing up. And then she tells us that he took the opportunity to find out, like, instead of asking about her, learning more about her, he used the opportunity to find out how to change her. And that upset her. She says she's upset. This is all in the confessional. She's upset that he's going to talk his way out of it and then say something nice that makes sense. I was like, well, that is Mitch in a sense. And we bought into it because we've been talking about mm, how nice Mitch is. <laughs> I so, never said mm, how nice Mitch is. All I said was, man, Mitch owns up to this stuff and then repents. But his repentance hasn't been very good so far. Okay. Um, I think we were, I'll say it for myself. I said he was very likable on After Party. And I think maybe it wasn't you. I think Allie also liked Mitch um, when she was on. Oh, they had it twisted. I called these two my number one couple. I haven't forgotten. (laughs) So Dr. Papa says she thinks they can work through this, that he is attracted to her. And if they (laughs) talk, they will see there is enough attraction. I'm so disappointed in Dr. Pepper. I expect that from Pastor Cal, but from Dr. Pepper, the producers really need to take a step back. We are not going to encourage nonsense. Kristen stops her and says, Dr. Pepper, I respect you all. And I am an advocate of this experience, 
but I am not going to accept that he's attracted to me enough and that he has come far and he has made her confused about herself and excited about life. And she wants someone that is excited when she walks into the room and she is done. And we're like, Jesus, she means done, done. Applause, applause, applause. And then the camera panned to Morgan. And I was like, if Morgan could hoop and holler, she probably would. But um, my favorite part about what Kristen said is when she was like, she was like, basically, this man has been dragged along by you, the experts, to make two steps forward and you want to give him a medal. She is so <laughs> over this. And she's really over Mitch doing the bare minimum and getting a whole bunch of praise I and applause. And oh, you're so wonderful, Mitch. Mm-hmm. And and I, 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 I applauded Kristen in that moment. Mm-hmm. I was so happy for her in that moment because mm-hmm. it felt like Mitch told her to start getting real like two weeks ago. And she's like, okay, I'm going to start getting real. But this was the first time where the real Kristen came out. And yep. she said, F your shit. <laughs> yep. At first I thought like, oh, you're doing the most. And then I was like, no, especially when she called the experts out. I was like, yes, please stop Dr. Pepper. Because I was already like, Dr. Pepper, what are you saying? Like, are you trying to just brush this under the rug? So Dr. Pepper says, I'm sorry. And Kristen says, you don't need to apologize. I don't need an apology from you. I'm like, yes, girl, but I need one from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mitch is laughing uncomfortably and saying like, this is so blindsiding. And Kristen is like, oh my God, is this blindsiding to anyone? <laughs> Everybody agrees with her that it's not blindsiding. <laughs> and Morgan just on the side, she shook her head. Morgan is dying and living for everything that is happening right now. Alexis and Justin are giving commentary in the confessional, saying that she shouldn't be halfway, you can't be halfway attracted to someone, that if Justin was like, oh, I'm only halfway attracted to it, that Mitch needs to be with someone with dirty feet. I, I can't with this. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. That's not you see that cosmic chemistry with... <laughs> With Justin and Alexis. <laughs> I should when say jinxed on dirty feet. Yeah. I should say that they were all hugged up and just think of the honeymoon. That's exactly how it was again with them. Oh, I'd also like to take this moment to add that Alexis's wrap that she was wearing when she walked into this event was amazing. I don't know if it was what she was wearing in the interview, but it was orange, it was white, it was gorgeous. I have no recollection of it. So Dr. Pepper, still on the disappointment train, says, well, I hope you have a better talk. I'm like, did you not hear anything she just said, including the I'm done? So Mitch tells us in a confessional that he hasn't been trying to force his way on her or change her. In fact, he's been trying to accept her. I'm like, hmm. 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 So the way that all this happened is regrettable for him. Pastor Kyle tells everyone that Every single one of you that were chosen for this had the same story. I want to be married and I will do whatever it takes. Well, here it is. Here is where you have to do whatever it takes. I was like, ugh, Pastor Kyle, go away. I was like, Pastor Kyle, am I watching Hard Knocks? Please, for the love of God, I can't have this. Go away. So that was the episode. We get the preview for next week and we see that there's a retreat. We were just talking about this, so... I'm excited because that's when they play the games and this is where Lindy Lindsay lost it last season and this is where Michaela lost it too. So hopefully we get some nuggets out here. Um, the house looked amazing, but I want to go back to one thing. Mm-hmm. As much as I am team Kristen, I wish that she would have directly called Mitch out herself instead of having her friends do her dirty work. Well, she was taking a page from Morgan. You gotta 
put the knife in deep and turn it. Why do it the normal way when you could be extra? I guess. I just, I, that was the only part of it I didn't enjoy because I feel like she could have had the same reaction. But if she had looked at Mitch and said, on the way here, I know what you said to my sister. I think that would have been better than having, oh, Alexa say, oh, Justin, I mean, oh, Mitch, are you attracted to her now? I think she wanted to embarrass him. And I think mm-hmm. the fact that she said many times that he keeps getting applauded, this is not the first time she's saying it, for just doing the bare minimum. She just wanted everyone to be privy and have front row seats to this all. So she just decided to go petty. But yeah, for the first time, I think Decision Day is outdoors. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. San and I guess Morgan and Ben are showing up to Decision Day. <laughs> to talk about what lessons they've learned. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was the episode. All right, Dane, who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet is a tie. It goes to Kristen. Good job for speaking out for yourself. I don't even mind that she tried to embarrass Mitch because honestly, I find Mitch likable, but I think he kind of deserved that. It's like a wake-up call and in front of the experts, I think is good. And it's good for her for calling the experts out, specifically Dr. Pepper. And it also goes to Devon. Like, it was a good debut. It was worth my wait that I've been waiting for. He got stuff out of um, Justin and Alexis. And yeah, who has yours? Mine goes to Devon. Um, I really enjoyed his line of questioning with Alexis. And he had such a big turnaround with me because I was ready to go to town on, how dare you ask her why she likes the club? And then... (laughs) I mean, last week I was very insistent, like, we need to get to the root of Justin's feelings. And uh, that's exactly what Devon did this week. And so he has my bouquet. Who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes goes to Pastor Cal. You cannot just meet a woman and say, you look good and you're glowing. Are you pregnant? You're not pregnant, right? Are you pregnant? And then giving that speech about you want to be married, do whatever it takes. Because Pastor Cal over the years has preached this, no matter how much in the trenches you are or unhappy you are, you got to just stick it through and... Take it. I don't like it. Who has yours? Mine is Mitch. For God's sakes, man. We saw him talk about it in an interview. And I wish at that moment he had realized, like, last week I accused Alexis of Justin of being reckless with their words. And Mitch is very, very reckless with his words. Mm-hmm. I'm just, how could you? Um, But it also, I don't know if I should give it to Alexis or Morgan. Like, Justin... I didn't enjoy their shit stirring. Let's just be open and honest. We could have had all the drama we needed without Alexis being like, oh, so you're over the fact that you don't like the makeup now? Uh-uh. Uh, no. It's just the fact that she's willing to be part of the mess. It's just, ugh. <sighs> all right, guys, that's it for this week. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-M-A-F-S. If you're a Patreon, that is where you will first hear that a new episode is up so you should follow us on all the platforms and you should go to patreon to hear all of our bonus episodes yes guys we're available everywhere you listen to podcasts thank you for listening to our show subscribe so you don't miss a new episode please give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined and we will see you next week bye guys bye